Cover Zero podcast, the show where I cover the least in the best way possible. I'm your host, Jason Wells. Divisional playoff matchups are here. We got a lot of good QBs. We got some good storylines to look forward to in this one. Um, some big, some big spreads though. That, uh, big big spreads. I mean, we got both one seeds playing now with the Ravens and the Niners. Last time I checked, they're both nine and a half point spreads, but I know that that Ravens line has been moving up and down the entire week. Um, and yeah, I'm here to talk about all of that and also talk about some of these NFL teams that are left in QB or not QB, but left in purgatory right now. And when I'm talking about purgatory, none of the teams that made the playoffs, none of the teams picking in the top 10, I'm talking about if you're picking in that. 11 to 18 range, I think. So we're going to talk about all of those teams. We're going to talk about whether I'm buying or selling on their futures, essentially. Obviously, there's a whole offseason to happen, but as of right now, let's buy and sell on some of these teams. Uh, Yeah, I guess let's get right into it. Uh, As I mentioned, I was sick when I was recording on... Tuesday there for the Wednesday show. I'm a little bit more sick now. I think it's probably hear it in my voice. I'm s- starting to be on the mend, but still not feeling fantastic. Uh, regardless, I guess let's get into the divisional uh, preview here. Again, there's only four games to talk about. This is the last weekend of multi-game football of the season. It's it's a it's a sad thing to say. I'm honestly it just came out of my mouth and that that hurt me a little bit. Uh last last time until next August when preseason, but next time and since September week one cherish cherish every last moments of these uh of this season. We only got one month left. Uh but yeah, let's start talking about these games. Uh Texans at Ravens. Ravens minus nine, total set at 43 and a half. This is one of those lines that has been bouncing all over the place. I've seen Ravens minus 10. I've seen Ravens minus seven, currently sitting at minus nine. And I think just 30 minutes ago, it was sitting at Ravens minus nine and a half. Uh, It just keeps moving. And there's a reason why this line is so big. This team, they have played each other already. The Ravens won, I think it was 24 to nine, although it was all the way in week one. And I'd argue that both of these teams have gotten better since then, but because both of these teams have gotten better since then, the Ravens are still the much superior team. I think a lot of people are betting on the Texans being like, no, this is a different team, C.J. Stroud is him, and all of those reasons are valid. The Texans are a very good team. It's just not their year yet. This is an amazing year one for the Texans with Stroud and D'Amico and Will Anderson, Derek Stingley, all of these young building blocks that all living up to kind of this hype that they've made for themselves. But it's not for this season. It's not your year yet. 
this is the Ravens. The Ravens are going to win this game. The Ravens should win this game. Again, I would not be shocked if C.J. Stroud wills this Texans team to a victory, but I think that the Ravens are too good on both sides of the ball for this to matter, because at the end of the day, in that week one game, although it was C.J. Stroud's first game as a rookie, he was throwing to Nico Collins and Tank Dell uh, and Noah Brown. Tank Dell, Noah Brown now both out for the rest of the year. Now he's thrown to Nico Collins, Robert Woods, John Mechie. It's not bad, Dalton Schultz. Again, it's not terrible, but... I have a lot more faith in this Ravens defense to lock up Nico Collins than I would have if Stroud had his full supporting cast around him. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I like Could the Ravens come out flat? Lamar obviously has had his playoff woes, um, but I think this is the year for him to rewrite a lot of narratives. I think he already has with his MVP season, but now he needs to put those playoff narratives uh, to bed, put them away to bed. And I think he's got, I think that they've got it. I think that, I think that the Ravens have this one. Uh, any other real things to talk about in this one? No, uh, I'm also going to give my picks. I think I said I was going to do that last Friday's episode too, and I completely forgot. Um, one of my picks, though, was the over in the Lions-Rams game, and I got completely hosed on it. I can't believe that there was, what, nine points scored in the second half when there was, like, 31 scored in the first. Whatever. Um, we'll keep going, though. We'll keep going. Uh, the other one seed here on Saturday, Packers at Niners. Niners minus 9.5, total set of 50.5. Oh, I feel a sneeze coming on, but I'm going to keep powering through until it comes. Um... Okay, didn't come. Good, Jesus. Um, so the Niners, uh, clearly, clearly the better team. And I was talking with Cam and Keegan and looking at that 50 and a half and being like, ah, oh, that feels like an under. This definitely feels like a game where the Niners could keep the Packers to under 20 points, kind of no problem. Uh, but then I was also thinking where I'm like, this on the other hand, the Niners should have no issue putting up 30 on this Packers. And the Packers have been playing great relative... I mean, the offense has been playing great over the last half of the season, basically. Uh, the defense just has not. Obviously, they played, or they came up pretty big in that game against Dallas, but this Niners team is just a completely different animal. Um, I don't give the Packers a chance in this one. I like the Packers, but when they don't have any clear studs on offense that the Niners really need to be concerned about. Their offensive line, while it's not a problem, I'm sure that Nick Bosa, Javon Hargrave, Eric Armstead, and Chase Young are going to have a nice day against them. The secondary, like, there's no weak spots on this Niners team for this Packers team to try to exploit. Um, and obviously... Matt LaFleur cannot beat the Niners in the playoffs. So, uh, yeah, I think it just kind of boils it boils down to that. I, I, I Again, I have full confidence in this Niners team just in every aspect. Like, 
the Packers defense just simply isn't good enough to try to slow down uh, the Niners offense. The Packers offense, I do like them a lot. Again, I do think that the offensive line is pretty good. I like the abundance of weapons that Jordan Love has. And I saw that uh, I think between like Jaden Reed, Romeo Dobbs, uh, Bo Melton, Dontavian Wicks, and Luke Musgrave, their cumulative cap hit is less than Alan Lazard on the Jets right now. Uh, Great job, Joe Douglas. Um, Like, I really like this Packers offense, but like the Texans, it's not your year. This was a year that people are, you're losing Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love is going to come in, no one knows what to expect, and many thought this was going to be like, at best, you hope that Jordan Love can look like he's the guy, and you, you still miss playoffs, but it's okay, it's something to build on. This season overwhelm, or overwhelmingly met most Packers fans' expectations. Like, they overachieved this season, and Jordan Love has been phenomenal, I think, since week 11. Now he has 21 total touch or 21 passing touchdowns and only one interception. Uh, and again, this is all without a true number one wide receiver. I like all the guys that he's throwing to right now, but he doesn't have a bona fide number one stud yet. And I think that's what the Packers need. Uh, and I don't think it's like an offseason need that they need to go get that in like this offseason, but. Uh, it would help at some point if Jordan Love had a true stud number one type guy. And who knows if Christian Watson or Jaden Reed will end up being those guys. But uh, I guess we will see. Yeah, the the Niners are just better. Who are we kidding, people? Um, now we're on to Sunday's games. First game here. Uh, oh, it's 3 and 6.30. I kind of enjoy that. Uh, yeah, that actually is nice. Uh Buccaneers, Lions, Lions minus six and a half, total set of 48 and a half. Um, there was already some chirping between these two teams uh, going into this one. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson said that he's not worried about Baker Mayfield because of who they have on that offense. And he mentions Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Russell Gage. And then Baker chirps back that C.J. Gardner-Johnson probably isn't watching enough film because Russell Gage hasn't played for them all year. Uh, we like it. We like the jarring back and forth. Um, and I, I really have no dog in this fight. I think the lions are going to win. I think that they're getting more, they're getting healthier on defense and that defense has slowly been improving with each of those additions coming back. Uh, and I think the Bucks are a good story, but I think that this is just kind of where the luck runs out. The Bucks defense has been playing better. Uh, Kalisha Kansi, their first-round pick from last year's draft, he has been uh, really coming on as of late, and him and Vita Vea, like, what a pairing between them. Uh, but I think that this Lions passing attack with Amon Ra will carve up these corners, something that, I mean, we saw the Eagles do it, Last week, but the Eagles couldn't garner any type of run game because Devonta Smith went off. I think he had like eight catches for 148 yards. I'm expecting Amon Ra to put up something close to that. I do expect a 100-yard game from him, and I think that's probably a bet that I should make. 
Uh, we'll talk about that in a bit, though. Um, six and a half points, though, I, I don't know. I think that that's a lot, but this Lions team is, when we're talking about narratives and going into the season, this Lions team, since that loss to the Cowboys, has been really pissed off. They are very hungry. They love this coaching staff. They love this team. They're playing for something, not something more than a Super Bowl, but I think when you finally have one of these championship caliber teams and you've been such a bad franchise like Detroit has been for so long that these runs just kind of mean a little more. Uh, where obviously the Super Bowl is their ultimate goal, but I don't even know what I'm trying to say. I don't know. These boys are just amped up, and everyone is amped up around them. Like, the narrative around the Lions is, I think, the highest narrative than any other team. In terms of media building, where if the Lions were to make a Super Bowl, it's, oh, they've never been here since the 1950s, and when Joe Smith threw for 110 yards and one touchdown pass to beat the... I don't even fucking know. Uh, either way, like the Lions, they have the most, what was I saying about the media? Like if the Lions were to make a Super Bowl, the media hype around them will be crazy because they haven't been there in basically forever. They've been bad for so long, how desperate this team has been for any type of like winning success. Where it's like no other team really has that kind of story built around them and Stories matter. The way that people perceive you, like, it takes effect. And I think that the Lions staff and players know that they have something special in front of them, and it's right there. It's right there. And now, Lions... I think the Lions have a decent chance of really, really showing up. Because at the end of the day... We like the Bucks, but we have seen the Bucks ebbs and flows, and we know at the end of the day that unless they're playing their A game, they're not a very good team. Um, yeah, I'm definitely taking the Lions, but Lions with the points, I'm not sure yet. And then finally, the Sunday night game, Chiefs at Bills, Bills minus three, total set of 45 and a half. Um, when you have a game with Pat Mahomes and Josh Allen, it usually means fireworks. I am very excited to watch this one. These are two of the best quarterbacks in the game. And yes, they are two of the best quarterbacks in the game. And I don't want anyone else to tell me differently. Uh, I think over the last five years, total touchdown-wise, so uh, rushing and passing, Josh Allen has 201 Total touchdowns, uh, Pat Mahomes is behind him. I think that number was 181, and no other quarterback has above 151. These two quarterbacks, when they are on the top of their game, the peak that they can play at, they are the two best quarterbacks in the NFL by a wide margin. Like, and maybe you throw Lamar in there, but passing-wise and the arm talent that these two have, I like Lamar, but he does not have those same arm, and this isn't getting into a QB debate, but this is all to build up that 
Chiefs, Bills, Mahomes versus Allen is this generation's Brady versus Manning. Um, and going into it, it's like if the Chiefs, with everything that's gone wrong this season, I'm putting wrong in air quotes there, if they were to go into Buffalo, beat Josh Allen again on the road to make it to another AFC Championship game, that would be incredible. Because um, no one has any real expectations for the Chiefs anymore. I think that we're all like, yeah, the Chiefs made it. Yeah, Pat Mahomes is great. But like I've been saying it. Their offense has not been the reason why they have been winning this game. It's been the defense, and it's been Trent McDuffie. It's been LeJarius Need. It's been Chris Jones and George Karlaftis and Justin Reed and so on and whatever. Like, um, But Bills play off football. It's, they love it. They come up for it. Uh, it's a different animal in Buffalo, and I am... This is, I'm very, very excited for this game. Uh, I think that in terms of spread-wise, I'm going with the Bills mainly because I have uh, futures invested in the Bills. I was a very smart man, and when the Bills season was kind of teetering, I bet the Bills plus 3,500 to win the Super Bowl. Uh, so, yeah, I like that bet a lot, but the Chiefs are standing in their way. However... If you're telling me I can take Pat Mahomes as a three-point dog in the playoffs, not bad. I think this is going to be a close game. Um, the Bills do have some injuries on defense. I know Taron Johnson was in concussion protocol. I know Terrell Bernard is questionable. They got banged up in that last game against the Steelers, but I think enough of those guys will play. I think Rasul Douglas will be back, which is also big for them because he's been great. And Sean McDermott, since that Al-Qaeda speech came out, uh, he's been fantastic. He's been great on the defensive side of the ball, calling plays, shutting opposing teams down. Um, Ed Oliver, also shout out to Ed Oliver. He gets this big contract. People are like, ah, I don't know if he's gonna live up to that mark he hit a new standard for himself he was fantastic this year uh yeah I'm I'm just excited for this one this is going to be a great matchup with two of the NFL's best quarterbacks going head-to-head like they have been for quite some time now uh but I think this one has a little bit of a different ending where instead of seeing Pat Mahomes riding off to the AFC Championship game. I think that Josh Allen makes his first appearance. I think that's Josh Allen. I don't think Josh Allen's ever made an AFC Championship game. Uh, Bills AFC Championship games. They have not. So yeah, I think that this is the Bills' year to make the AFC Championship game for the first time since... 2021. I'm an idiot. I was wrong. Um, never mind. Scratch all that. But either way, I think that this is, again, for all the media and like the hype where the Bills haven't made a Super Bowl in forever. The last time they made Super Bowls, they lost four straight of them. And if you're talking about like media, the the Bills have had a love-hate relationship with the media all year long, but 
once they got out of that slump, they have been one of the better teams in the league. Uh, and I don't know. I'm expecting a like a playoff classic in this one. I'm expecting this to be a very good game, and I'm very excited. Uh, we'll see if Taylor Swift makes an appearance to Buffalo. Uh, we shall see. Now let's get into some picks. I will try to give my usual over or favorite dog over under and a money line dog, but uh, we will see because that's the problem. I kind of like all of the uh, I I I like all the favorites this week. Uh, but starting off with my favorite, I'm going to go with Niners minus nine and a half. I just truly think that the Niners like are in a complete different class than the Packers. And I like the Packers, but this is where it comes to an end. Uh, I'm sure that there will be some people out there doing fake victory laps over Jordan Love, potentially having a bad game against the Niners. Um, It would be ridiculous to do so. This Niners team is just simply better in every level. So I'm taking Niners minus nine and a half. Uh, For a dog... I just have to. Like, I have to take Chiefs plus three. I'm obviously, I'm rooting for the Bills because of my playoff future, but Chiefs plus three just seems like the bet. I think this is going to be a close one. So, uh, yeah, Chiefs plus three. And same reason with that over. I think this is going to be a great game. Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen, some of the best throwers of the football this league has ever seen. Uh, and over 45 and a half. It's not that high of a number for what we've seen these two teams do in the past. Uh, so yeah, I'll take over 45 and a half in that one. Um, my under, give me under 48 and a half in Bucks Lions. I think a lot of people are looking at these two, uh, offenses being like, ah, they're going to be too much for the opposing defenses to handle, but I think this Lions defense is kind of getting a nice turnaround here. I think that Aaron Glenn is uh, is building them up quite nicely once they keep getting these injured guys back, and I think this Lions defense stuffs Baker Mayfield down. Uh, I think it's going to be a lower scoring game than people expect, so I'll take under 48 and a half in this one. Uh, and a money line dog, I'm just not picking one this week. But uh, as a prop, how about that? I'll give out a prop of the week. I don't know what the odds are at. I don't know what the total is at. But I think I'm going to take Amon Ra St. Brown over for whatever his yards is. I am quickly looking it up right now. Uh, and his yard total is at receiving... Over 91 and a half. I'll take over that. I will take over that. Um, so yeah, that is the preview. Those are the picks. Now let's get into some QB, or not QB, I keep saying QB, but NFL purgatory talk here. So I am going to talk about the teams. Uh, basically, the teams I'm going to be talking about, the Vikings, the Broncos, the Raiders, the Colts, the Saints, the Jags, the Seahawks, and the Bengals. Obviously, a lot of big variance in teams there, but um, 
yeah, I guess let's get straight into it. Let's talk about this Vikings team. The Vikings, who finished 7-10 and on the season, caught a little bit of magic with Josh Dobbs there after the Kirk Cousins Achilles tear. And they have a lot up in the air for the next coming season. If you've been listening to this show, you know what the Vikings have at stake this offseason. Obviously, Kirk Cousins is a free agent. Daniil Hunter is a free agent. Marcus Davenport's a free agent. Um, Brian Flores was thought to be a name uh, for this coaching cycle, but no one has even requested to interview him yet. So I don't think Brian Flores is going anywhere. Um, So this means... Oh, yeah, also the whole point of this is I'm going to buy or sell on the Vikings. So the Vikings have a lot of things to bring back this offseason and then fix on top of that. So if they can get back Kirk... Brian Flores is looking like he's going to stay, and if they can bring back uh, Daniil Hunter, I am buying on the Vikings. I I think I've said it. I think the Vikings have a sneaky chance at a dark horse Super Bowl contender slot, potentially. I think that the offense with Kirk back, with the weapons that they have, uh is great, and I think Brian Flores in year two with this defense will only take them to another level, get him some more pieces. I think that this Vikings team is very exciting, and it is building. Uh, Yeah, so I am buying on the Vikings for the 2024 season. Uh, Next team here, the Broncos. The Broncos finished 8-9 on the year. Obviously, started the year off terrible. Dolphins scored 70 on them, then they went on a bit of a run, thought that they could make the playoffs, and then it ended kind of poorly with news coming out that the Broncos wanted Russ to take out his injury uh, clauses in the contract. Uh, Russ said no, so they decided to bench him so he just couldn't play, and it looks like Russ has had his last snap in Denver before his new contract even started. And it's kind of, where do you go here from the Broncos? The Broncos are in the spot where they won't be able to get unless they trade up. Uh, But even then, I'm not so sure. Uh, But they are out of the range for these top three quarterbacks in this class, with that being Caleb Williams, Drake May, uh, and Jaden Daniels. And even if they do try to trade up... (coughs) Oh, I'm sorry. Even if they do try and trade up, the Bears are taking Caleb... The Commanders are taking May, and the Patriots might take Jaden Daniels. So I think that those three, it'll be tough to trade up for one of those guys. So that leaves you with the vet QB market, which is Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins clear like by himself in his own tier. And then that tier, a couple down, Gardner Minshew, Jacoby Brissett, Jameis Winston. Um, Let's just say that. It's not great. It's not... Great, they have Jarrett Stidham right now, but all of this is to say is that I am selling on the Broncos. I don't know what QB comes in for them uh, and really changes things. I thought Jarrett Stidham is fine, Russ was fine, but there's no QBs available other than Kirk that could take this team to another level. And when we're talking about the draft... Bo Nix, Michael Penix, J.J. McCarthy, all of those guys will be there. But I don't think any of those guys are 
real difference makers when it comes to the NFL. Uh, I guess that's the C, but I am selling on the Broncos for the 2024 season. Uh, not really a lot to look forward to when you break down this team. Like on defense, uh, you like Pat Sertan, you like Justin Simmons. There's a f- couple few other nice pieces on offense. I think the offensive line is solid. I don't think they have much of a run game. I think those injuries really got to Javante Williams, and I don't think that he will be the back that people foresaw him to be. Um, Jerry Judy isn't anything really special. Cortland Sutton is good, but again, it's just kind of not not a ton to look forward to. I don't know how they fix things, because even when they cut Russ, they're losing a ton of money cap-wise on him anyways. Uh, so we will see, and we will keep going. Raiders here. Raiders finished 8-9. Uh, kind of a surprise team that... Not that they finished that high, because I thought they, at their peak, could finish around 500, but um, Josh McDaniel's now gone. Antonio Pierce should be their next head coach. And really, my whole buy and sell on them only revolves around that. If Antonio Pierce is their next head coach, it is buy on the Raiders. Uh, I like the pieces they have, but if Antonio Pierce isn't that head coach, it is sell. Max Crosby has already openly said that if if Antonio Pierce is not the Raiders' next head coach, then he is asking for a trade, and I don't blame him. It should be Antonio Pierce. Uh, But this Raiders team who picks... 13th overall, again, it all comes down to quarterback, where they had Jimmy G, obviously Jimmy G did not work out there for them, Uh, they drafted Aiden O'Connell, who looked fine, okay at best, so it's today, draft another rookie, or do they try to build out this defense a little bit more, with like Nate Wiggins, or a Cooper DeGene, or something like, (coughs) oh god, or yeah, but Ah, there we go. The Raiders for me are also actually I'm in a I'm in a neutral stance. Don't buy, don't sell. It all depends on what they do at the coaching position, and from there, I can make my uh, assessment. I also realized that I had things to talk about at the start of the show that I did not talk about, so I will just talk about them at the end, and that'll be the NFC coaching with Mike McCarthy and Nick Sirianni. We'll get to that in a bit. Uh, next team up here, we have the Indianapolis Colts. One of the surprise teams on the year, finishing 9-8. and eight. Uh, And they're finishing 9-8. and eight. They don't need a quarterback. They drafted their guy last year in Anthony Richardson. In the moments that he played, it looked like they were building something and he looked promising. Um, I am completely buying on the Colts. I think the Colts next season have a real chance to be kind of special out of nowhere. And a lot of that, it all it all revolves on Anthony Richardson being that guy at quarterback, which I think he can because he will have a good offense and a good system around him. And you've seen where Shane Steichen, anywhere he's been, those quarterbacks have incredible seasons under him. Justin Herbert, Jalen Hurts, Gardner Minshew this year. Um, But yeah, it all revolves around Anthony Richardson, but he's going into an offense with a good ground attack with... Jonathan Taylor, a very good offensive line, uh, weapons with Michael Pittman and Josh Downs and Alec Pierce. 
and they still have opportunities to get, <coughs> oh God, to get more guys for the offense or build out this defense that was like fairly average but very young, a lot of pieces and players that can get better. So I am totally buying on the Colts next year. Uh, moving on, the New Orleans Saints, nine and eight, second place in the NFC South. <coughs> Oh, God. I'm so sorry for this. I Again, I said I was sick, and I am sick. But, uh, yeah, the Saints. This is kind of what this topic is about, is the Saints and being stuck in NFL purgatory. That's the Saints. Saints have a lot of talent on their roster that I like. Marshawn Lattimore, Tyron Matthew, uh, Demario Davis, Cam Jordan... Uh, Alvin Kamara, Chris Olave, couple guys. I, either way, there's a lot of guys on the Saints team, but none of it matters because they're in cap hell. They can never bring in any free agents. It's always just restructure, restructure, push money down the line, push money down the line. But they cannot reset and retool this roster because they went all in multiple years to try to get Drew Brees and this Saints team one last ring and it just never worked out. Um, so yeah, they're stuck here, and they let go of their offensive coordinator, Pete Carmichael, which means that Dennis Allen is keeping his job. I think the uh, GM, Mickey Loomis, went on record being like, oh, well, and he listed like Bill Belichick's start of his career. He didn't have great seasons, and... Uh, who was the old Bill Parcell? I don't know. He was naming a bunch of like legendary coaches that they didn't have great starts to their career either. And it's just like, shut, shut the fuck up, man. Like we know who Dennis Allen is. You know that this team doesn't respect him already because Jameis Winston just took matters into his own hands. And the team took matters into his own hands. Cause as Jameis said, that was a team decision to go for that touchdown. Um, but again, why would a coach want to go into a spot where there is, zero flexibility with the roster and you're stuck with Derek Carr at quarterback. Um, so this is a very heavy sell. Again, could they finish nine and eight, potentially win the division next year? Yes. Cause this division isn't good. Uh, but this saints team, this saints team ceiling for the next three years is like a wild card loss. Uh, and that is very sad. So we shall keep going. Uh, next team up here, we had the Jacksonville Jaguars, nine and eight, one point eight and three on the season. Uh, what a sad, sad ending for them. Um, and it's where do they go for, from here? Um, I don't like the coaching staff or the front office in Jacksonville. I never trusted Trent Bulky to do anything, and now that I'm looking it up. Is Trent Bulky the idiot who brought in Urban Meyer? Because if that is the case, then I don't think that he should have lost his job almost immediately. Like, everyone knew that that was going to be a bad hire. Uh, yeah, director of player personnel in 2020, general manager in 2021, Urban Meyer became the head coach in 2021. Uh, yeah, either way. Trent Baalke, 
not a good GM. His track record has proven that over in San Francisco because we all know that Jim Harbaugh put together those really good San Fran teams before he got there, and he just kind of reaped the benefits for a little bit, didn't amount to anything, and I don't think he built this Jacksonville team very well. I like Doug Peterson as a coach, but he's one of these guys who he's a team builder. He's a motivator type of guy where he he's not the X's and O's on rather the offense or the defense. He's just kind of there, and he's there to put in place these coordinators that do their jobs very well, and he just flat out hasn't done that. Um because I do, I've said it for a while, I think that this roster is talented and it should have made the playoffs this year, but we need to see more from Trevor Lawrence. The fact that Trevor Lawrence hasn't hidden that next jump that many of him expected him to yet is concerning. And this offense, again, has way too much talent on it to not be one of the better offenses in the league, and that needs to get fixed. Uh and right now, the way the AFC South is going, I am selling on the Texans because they blew their head start, or not selling on the Texans, I'm selling on the Jags. They blew their head start they had in this division. They had a clear lead for the division this year. Everything was fixed. The fucking Texans and Colts just drafted the rookie QBs, and the Texans won the division from them. Yeah, the Texans won the division from them. Uh... So yeah, I am selling on the Jags, mainly because I think that the Texans and Colts are the better teams now. Uh, Again, I think that the gap is close, but as of right now, sell on the Jags. Not a lot of hope for their future. Uh, And two more teams, Seahawks here, 9-8. Got rid of Pete Carroll new regime coming in and we'll see what they will do but uh this is a sell in my opinion because if they couldn't do it this year then what makes me think that they'll do it in 2024 uh geno smith is not that guy at quarterback he's never been that guy he had a great season last year uh and this year he came back down to earth he was still a good quarterback but Uh, wasn't good enough. Another team that should have been in the playoffs and just kind of blew it and choked it down the line. But uh, yeah, there's a lot to like about this Seahawks team, but as long as Geno's the quarterback, I don't think it really amounts to anything. So I am selling on the Seahawks. Uh, Maybe some of that changes if I know who their new head coach is, but as of this moment, I do not. But uh, Geno Smith being the head co- or being the starting quarterback doesn't amount to anything, in my opinion. And finally, we'll finish off with the Cincinnati Bengals finishing nine and eight on the year. And obviously, this is a buy. They're gonna get their their uh, franchise quarterback back in Joe Burrow, but they might be losing some pieces on this offense and defense. T. Higgins is a free agent. He will probably be tagged and traded. Grady Jarrett, also a free agent. He's probably the most important person on that defense. Uh, And we'll see if he comes back. But, um, yeah, the, the Bengals will have a lot of hype behind them next year. Joe Burrow fully healthy. I think that we saw something in the run game 
with Mixon and Chase Brown that looked very good down the stretch. Jamar Chase is obviously Jamar Chase, but they got to find another number two receiver because it can't just be the Jamar Chase show. It's got to be a little bit more than that. Um, but yeah, obviously buy on the tax or buy on the Bengals because any time that you're getting your quarterback back fully healthy to start the next year, it's obvious, especially when your quarterback is as good as Joe Burrow. Um, yeah, that does it for NFL Purgatory, and I I will finish this with uh, the NFC coaching talk that I didn't talk about at the start of the episode, but. Dallas is bringing back Mike McCarthy to finish out his contract. The man has one more year left on it, and Jerry Jones is letting him play out. Like, of course he is. Actually, and I'm just thinking about this now, because I was getting completely ready to, oh, of course Jerry Jones is letting the yes man, like, head coach is, okay, you'll play out your contract, whatever, but I don't think it's a bad idea, because the Cowboys, after next year, one more year of Mike McCarthy. Dak Prescott has one more year left at his deal. Whoever comes in next year as head coach, GM, whatever, uh, will have complete control to reset or Mike McCarthy wins a Super Bowl or something and he's still the head coach. Um, but I kind of understand it more in a sense where it's like, okay, we'll give you one last year to do it and then if you don't do it, we have the option to now completely blow it up because say what you want about Dak Prescott, uh, still a good NFL quarterback. He had a chance to prove that he was in a different tier of quarterback and he simply did not. Uh, again, he choked when it mattered in the big games like Kirk Cousins, like Tua. Uh, Got to show up when it matters, but... Uh, yeah, like the Cowboys, if they want to blow it up, they'll have that option where you could like tag Dak and then trade him to whatever team for multiple first round picks, go from there. Um But I guess we'll see. And the other one, Nick Sirianni. Uh I don't know if it's official that Nick Sirianni has kept his job yet, but Howie Roseman is doing an in person interview where basically Nick Sirianni has to explain like explain why he shouldn't get fired and what he can do to fix it. Uh, I think regardless, they are bringing in outside hires for the coordinator positions, thank God. Um, but yeah, I think I think that Sirianni is wearing very, very, very thin in that locker room, and I should hope that Howie would know that if he fires Nick Sirianni, the Eagles become one of the hottest... Uh, hottest teams to coach in the NFL. So, like, that entices a Mike Frabel or that entices a Ben Johnson a little more than, like, a Commanders would for either of those guys. But, uh, yeah, I guess that'll do it. I was worried about this being a little bit of a shorter episode, but uh, around 45 minutes. So that's not bad. Uh, I'm excited for this weekend. We got... We got some good matchups. I'm I'm on all the favorites, which means that there's going to be a big upset somewhere, and I guess we will see what it will be. But uh, if you've liked this, please like, share, retweet, subscribe, all that fun stuff. And until next time, peace.